0: Well, good morning to you all. If I have not met you yet, my name is Maurice. I'm a pastor, a teaching pastor um, in Louisville, Colorado, right up the road near Boulder. Um, And this is not my first time being here. This is my second time being here. And so I'm glad to be with you. The first time I'm a stranger, the second time I'm family. So I hope you guys are ready for a good family gospel conversation this morning. Amen, amen. All right, talking back to me already. I feel at home. Oh, it's so good to be with you all again. Um, Listen, as we get started this morning, um, I think it's just so important for us to just stop and pause. I love that first, I mean that last song that we just sang, uh, to just thank God for what he's doing in our lives. Uh, I am refreshed in this moment um, as I begin to think about the gathering of the saints, the discerning of what God is doing in our lives, how special that is. And so today I'm actually going to be leaning a little bit into that topic, but I'm not going to take it for granted as if everyone knows who I am. Um, so I'm just gonna give a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a teaching pastor out in Louisville, and that's the official title, um, but I also help spearhead uh, some different initiatives that our church is doing around racial reconciliation. Um, but I'm not alone. Uh, my wife and I, we moved here six years ago. Uh, we've been in Colorado for six years, born and raised in Los Angeles, and now we're serving up as, um, in, in Louisville. Um, and if I can work this correctly, this is me and my wife here, awesome. Um, And for some of you, you may remember, actually, that she came in here and preached uh, not too long ago, maybe about a year ago, something like that. Yes. Um, She had such an amazing time. She's so uh, mad that she wasn't able to make it uh, on today. Um, But this is us. That's my wife. Shout out to you, babe, if you're watching. Um, And this is us at Disney. And if you've never been to Disney, and uh, for me, all that walking does this right here. So that's... uh, (laughs) That's a picture, my wife does this often. I don't know about your spouse, but my wife does this to me often. Day just wiped me out, all right? Uh, but I've had such an amazing time, um, and today I'm so glad that we get to dive into uh, God's Word together. And as I get more and more comfortable, like I said, my wife was telling me that she felt so at home the last time that she was here. Um, and she was. Uh, and we were talking, and she said, uh, babe, it just felt so good. And the people were talking back to me. I was like, awesome. The guy got another chocolate preacher this morning, so I need you all to talk back to me when the, the Word is resonating with you. Amen. It's the same thing that took place for me back home in, uh, where I grew up. I grew up in a Pentecostal charismatic black church and uh, you would always hear from the congregation and they, they would actually coach you through your sermon and it would be this kind of like interaction, right? And, and there would be these moments where I loved it because you, you're preaching and they'll let you know, go ahead, take your time, brother, preach the word. And then I was like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. And then, then if something's resonating, they'll say something like, uh, 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 hold, hold it, take, take your time, stay right there, stay right there. And then I'll just keep going, okay, stay right there, stay right there. And then if I'm like pressing too hard on a topic, right, uh, they'll, they'll say, watch your tone, watch your tone, watch, watch your tone, reverend, watch your tone, reverend. I'm like, oh, okay, uh-oh, pressing on the topic too much there. And then always the trajectory, as always, you know, they'll let you know, give you some feedback, bring it on home, preacher, bring it on home, preacher, bring it on home, bring it on home, bring it on home. So, so go ahead and feel free, feel free to talk to me this morning. Um, as we dive into God's Word together, as I was talking about with my, my wife, we, she was telling me um, on her way here, she said, Babe, I was so fun, and they were so interactive with me. I went over my time like 15, 20 minutes. And I said, Babe, you can't go over your time. I'm going to be going over my time, and then we're just going to be known as a couple that's going over our time. Uh, and we don't want to be known that. You know, they're going to have a conference, and they're going to be like, We want this to be a short conference, so we're not going to invite the coxes out. So, I just want to say, if you're a person that's type A and you're the one that kind of watches the wrists during sermons, I just want to say all of that to say, my time didn't start yet. My time has not started yet. (laughs) Watch the wrists. my time has not started yet. (laughs) As we enter into this moment, uh, some different things that I've learned uh, for the past couple of years, um, taking my time and slowing down, Uh, God has been showing me a few things. And one of the things that I have learned um, is this phrase that I'm holding and keeping with me? Uh, is, say what you need to say. And I'm keeping this phrase with me because I think sometimes uh, there's thoughts that come to mind, words that we want that, to that come to mind about a particular person, and we just kind of you know, if your person is on social media, you'll see something and something's happening in another person's life, and you kind of think like, "That's awesome, way to go," and then you just keep moving. And I want to stop and just take some time to say what we need to say. And this morning, I want to just thank your pastor, Carl, for his leadership. And he didn't tell me to do any of this. He'd probably be squirming in his chair because I'm putting him on the spot. But I want to thank him for his leadership and direction and being a godly man that he is. And our world needs more godly and faithful men such as him. And I'm so thankful for his vision, his leadership, and being able to step into this place and inviting me out, not just because it's me, but because that's the type of leader that he is. And so would you help me celebrate, even though in his absence, your leader, your pastor, your visionary, Pastor Carl, this morning. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so thankful to call him friend and colleague in this, uh, in this walk of faith. Um, and here's the thing. Being in church world, I know that he cannot do, cannot do all that God has called him to do without you. Everyone from the greeters to the tech team to the people who are just attending, the congregants, those of you in small groups, those of you who are just checking it out. He is who he is. He's continuing to press into all that God has called him to do because of your support, your encouragement, your presence, your voice. All of that matters and all of that is valued. So this is a little bit counterintuitive, but would you give it up for yourself this morning? Would you go ahead? Thank you. Yes. Centennial Covenants. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Say what you need to say. That's something I'm holding on to. And I just thank you guys uh, for having me this morning. As we get into our time today, we are in a series right now. And uh, here this like this intersection of faith and film. And we're taking these different truths that we're seeing in a cinematic way. And we're seeing that how it reflects scripture and points to the message of Jesus. Today, for my time, I actually want to take us to the year 2004. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear a year, I always think to myself, what was I doing in that year? Who was I in that year? 2004, 2004, do you remember who you was in 2004? Can you think back to 2004? Now, I I look young and and I'm kinda young, but like I'm a cusper of like a millennial, like I'm a millennial, but like on the very, under." younger in. I'm on the cusp of like Gen Z, but I'm not Gen Z. Don't loop me in with those crazies, okay? But, but I, I'm on the millennials, and millennials were crazies at one time, and now Gen Zs are crazies or whatever, right? And so I remember things like a phone book. I remember things uh, like like yellow pages, and my dad would go tell me to get the yellow pages so we could call Domino's Pizza. I remember on a road trip, we would pull over at a gas station and grab a map A physical one. And he would just lay it on the front of a car and he would pencil our way through where we're going to be going. I remember things like house phones, not just cell phones, house phones. These are things that are kind of becoming obsolete these days. I say all that because 2004, Valentine's Day, a movie, a romantic comedy came out. You may or may may not have seen this, but it's a part of Adam Sandler's collections and it's called 50 First Dates. Yes, 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 50 First Dates. It's a good one. (laughs) 50 First Dates. Now, this is an amazing uh, movie, and if you have not seen this movie before, this is a particular movie uh, with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Now, To freshen up and go even to preach this sermon, I went and watched it, y'all. I went and watched it again. I had to refresh my memory and go watch it again. Uh, tears came down. Tears came down. It was, it was like, what is happening right now? Not just like the swell up, but like uh, it dropped. I was like, this is a great script here. In this particular movie, Adam Sandler plays this uh, particular, he's kind of like a playboy. He's kind of like this guy who goes through casual relationships, uh, one relationship to the next. And he's going around, and he actually runs into the love interest Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore is this woman who uh, is played, and her character actually suffers from short-term memory loss. And as her character suffers from short-term memory loss, every 24 hours, when she goes to sleep and she wakes up in the morning, she forgets that entire day. And she actually relives the same day over and over and over again. So if you were to take that for a hypothetical, hypothetical, let's just say it was February 5th, 1980. She gets up and she relives February 5th, 1980 over and over and over again. Adam Sandler, as he meets Drew Barrymore, he is stunned. He thinks that it's going to be another typical casual dating thing that he does. And he is struck by her. He's struck by her presence and it's a challenge. And so he's pursuing her and then he finds out about her short-term memory loss. By this time, though, he is so enamored and so in love with Drew Barrymore that he has devoted himself. He has actually committed himself to Drew Barrymore to the point that he will do whatever it takes to help her remember who he is in her life. He's committed to the point where every single day, it's called 50 first dates. You remember first dates? First dates, you go all out. First dates, you do all the things. You present yourself in a way. You do all the things. You pull out all the stops, the flowers, the cars. You do all the different things. I mean, he's flying in friends. He's pulling all the stops. He's paying money. It's costing him to show up every single day to remind her of who he is in her life. If you haven't caught on already, I'm already preaching just to let you know that God is so committed, so devoted into every single one of our lives that you will see that through the story of Israel and the children of Israel, that he will do whatever it takes to remind you of who he is in your life. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture that I'm going to read for us and then I'm going to pray right after, but I want us to have a posture this morning a posture of openness and willingness to see what it is that God has for you, what it is that God has for me. As we come here as a gathering of saints together this morning discerning God's voice, I believe the way that God works is that there's moments that he nudges us, and Holy Spirit drops different truths along the way as the sermon is preached, as the worship is sung, as you're interacting with those that are around you, and God still speaks. Can I get an amen? And there is a truth for you this morning there is words that god has for you i don't know what you're carrying this morning i don't know what life looks like for you this morning but the god that we serve gives us daily bread and never come in here so lackadaisical so routine that you miss out on your meal because there is something that god has for your situation he is a healing aid he is a balm in gilead he has multiple names and I believe today we get to center ourselves around him to see what it is that God has for us this morning. Because a God that will go all the way out of his way, committing himself every single day, patient as he is, to show up and say, I'm here to remind you of who I am in, my, in your life. That's a God worth paying attention to. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as I pray? God, on this morning, slow us down. Speak to our hearts. Bless us with the posture of willingness this morning and openness to see what thus saith the Lord. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. May I decrease and you increase on this morning. As we come together and seek your face and learn who this God is that would do everything that it takes to remind us day in and day out of his goodness and his mercy. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to read the scripture for you found in Joshua chapter four says these words, verse 19, the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they encamped at Gilgad on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stone, excuse me. And they encamped, I'm learning, y'all, my bad. And they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho and those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until, he, until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This morning, I want you to remember this thought and keep this thought with you. God has not forgotten about you and will do everything to make sure you don't forget about him. There's nothing else that you take away from this morning. I want you to know that God has not forgotten about you. Someone needs to hear that this morning and he'll do whatever it takes in his power to make sure that you don't forget about him. This story, once again, if you place yourself in that setting to think about what it would mean for you. To pursue someone every single day to get up to be patient knowing that they had just forgot about you see the thing is in our own personal lives we tend to drift it's not intentional but it happens and sometimes we wake up in our own lives when it comes to our relationship with god i don't know if you've been there but i know that i've been there and i wake up and i look around and i wonder to myself how did i get here How did I get to this place where my relationship feels stale? It seems like it's on autopilot, like it seems routine. How did I get here? Where I'm leaning more towards hopelessness than hopefulness, how did I get here? What situations have beaten me up so much so that I feel that it doesn't feel like moving forward anymore? How did I Get here. See, sometimes it doesn't take much for us to become hopeful, right? All it takes is a little bit of a little bit of nudge. We get we get that good news and we get that promotion on the job. Somebody sends us a text message and we get excited about whatever that is. You get to to celebrate a graduation. You get to celebrate an apartment that you got that you were striving for that you weren't able to have. and, And you get a little bit of hope and you move forward thinking, yes, I'm hopeful. In that same breath i would say that it doesn't take much for us to become hopeless sometimes that same text that carries bad news that same situation that beats us up to a point that we become hopeless hopeless The children of Israel this morning, as we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 4, to give us a little context, the children of Israel are a group of people that God has decided, I am going to reveal myself to and through this group of people. He has brought them out of Egypt. He has brought them out of slavery. He has moved them on. He has actually said that I'm going to create a nation. They've won a few wars. Moses takes them through ups and downs. Now we move into Joshua. Moses has died. Joshua carries the baton forward, and they come across Jordan. And as they get to this Jordan moment, they sit there and they think to themselves, how will we get past this? How will we get past this? A Jordan moment, the way that I would define a Jordan moment is that very thing in your life that you cannot do on your own. Your network can't get you past it. Your net worth can't get you past it. It comes to a point in your life where you realize that only a miracle, only God is going to get me past this. Have you ever had a Jordan moment before? Have you ever faced a Jordan where infertility was your Jordan? A Jordan moment where divorce was your Jordan? A Jordan moment where loss of a loved one? Jordan moments. Things that we come across that we feel as if we can't move forward, and it's only going to be a miracle that pushes us past this. The children of Israel find themselves at the Jordan, not knowing what to do. God gives them instructions, and then they move on forward. And as they get past this Jordan, God says, stop right there. He doesn't tell them to have a praise party. He doesn't tell them to have a, go fast. He doesn't tell them uh, to, 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 uh, to do whatever it is. He, he doesn't tell them to do any sort of go to church for uh, seven days. He doesn't do all, anything. He says, go and place stones in the middle. And the stones that were placed in the middle, they now take with them. And there's 12 stones because of there's 12 tribes. And in this moment, these stones are memorials. He tells them to uh, go ahead and commemorate this moment. He says this because the cycle of the children of Israel has always been follow God, follow God. He's doing awesome. He's, re- he- he's revealed himself to us. He- he's actually delivered us from these different things. We get to be in high and mighty and then they start to get a little, you know, like my family would say, they start to they, they smell themselves a little bit. They, they start to think that-, that their poop don't stink is how my family would say it, but other choice words. And they start to just think that they they can just keep on moving and and now they get got a little money, they they then moved on a little bit and now they got creating foreign gods. And God's like, but wait, I'm your God, and then they start to build a calf and they start to drift. Let's go ahead and modernize it just for a little bit. They they start to not prioritize God as much. They they wake up and say, No, 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 I'm not gonna seek God in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and scroll on social media, I'm gonna just go ahead and keep moving about my day And, and then and then they start to drift. They say, you know what? No, no, no. I don't need really church no more. I, I'm just going to keep moving forward. I tune in and I'm just going to watch it online and I'm just going to forsake this community piece. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to be out of it. And they start to put a less priority on God and community. Some of us, we know these people. Some of us, we are these people. God knows my heart. Come on. You heard that one before. God knows my heart. It's cool. I know I haven't talked to him in a long time. I know my prayers are 30 seconds, and I know that I only come to him when I need him. But God knows my heart. And I think sometimes we get to a place where we start to blame the devil for certain things. And we start to, to we get upset about, uh, with God about certain things. And we start to drift, and our relationship is dry, and it's not lively anymore. And everything used to be, remember, what God used to do. No more faith for what God can do today. I used to be on fire for the Lord. And then something happened. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but this thing took place and this thing took place. And, and I wonder, the question that I have for us this morning is, what do our rhythms tell us on this morning? What, what would you say your rhythms say about you? Because the much as we want to tell, as much as we want to put it off on somebody else, what does our spiritual practices say about us? This is the children of Israel. I'm still in Joshua chapter 4. They find themselves drifting from God. And because of that, God says, take these stones. These stones are memorials. These stones are things to remember what God has done. For our time together, I want to give us a few practical things to help us have a healthy rhythm of remembrance, a healthy rhythm of remembrance. I was talking to my uh, dad not too long ago. My dad is like churchy church, like he's like all the way churched out. I mean, it's like, sometimes it's like everything is a message, right? I just like, I call him up and it's like, yeah, man, you know, it's just kind of gray clouds outside. It's like, yeah, man, God's talking. I'm like, or it's just gray clouds. <laughs> I don't know dad. Everything's just a mess. He just rings a full circle every single time. I'm like, come on, Dad. He, he was a deacon, and he used to serve in the local church that he was at. And then pandemic hit, and then they got uh, displaced, and they kind of went, uh, went remote for work. And, and then my mom began to work in San Jose. They're originally from Los Angeles. And so they moved and got out an apartment and doing the whole thing, the whole nine. And so my dad began to work remote. My, dad, my mom's still in the medical field, and, and their rhythms start to throw them off a little bit to the point where he's still churchy, but he doesn't have a church home. My dad will send me 10 sermons on a Sunday. He know I'm in church world and he will send me 10 sermons. You got to check this out. And it's all these different pastors. And I came across this one and I came across. You got to look at this message. I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Not too long ago, I actually went and visited my parents. And as I visited my parents, uh, I went there and it just was pressed upon my heart. And I I said, God, I mean, excuse me. I said, "Uh, Dad, I got to say that I'm feeling that the next best step for you and mom, I really think it's time for you to get back into church. I really think that it's time for you to get back into community. You've already experienced it. I don't even have to sell you on this. I think it's time for you to have an involvement. I think it's time for you to the next step in your relationship to get back into community. And he says, man, look, the pandemic and the pandemic happened. And it showed us that that we don't need church buildings, man, all these church buildings. We don't even really need all these church buildings. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, church buildings. No, the church wasn't built because of buildings and the church. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we don't need buildings. And then I rebutted and I said, yeah, dad, respectfully, um, I don't need to live in the same house as my wife to have a good marriage. And he said, wait a second. I said, yeah, that's kind of how you sounding to me right now. I don't have to be in the same house to be married to my wife, but I can guarantee you over time, gradually, that practice, that rhythm is gonna set me up for failure. On today, as we think about this story and as we think about our own lives and as we look at what we can learn from today's time together and the story of the 51st states and all these things, what I want to bring us to this point of knowing is that there are healthy rhythms of remembrance. And sometimes we're looking for hope. Sometimes we, our hope has been waned and we're kind of wondering where is God? And I'm here to tell you that God speaks to us and lets us know, don't forget what I used to do. Don't forget what I've done in your past. Don't forget who brought you out. I know you need a miracle right now, but we see through our scripture that sometimes remembering God's past provision sustains us for our current needs. To say, I know that you don't have what you want right now, but don't forget I was God who got you out of that toxic relationship. I was the one who moved in your life when you were wondering who's going to get you up off that bed and you didn't know who was around. I was the one when all your friends turned away and you couldn't see nobody else except for me and you were crying on your pillow. I was closer than a brother, as scripture says. I was the one. Today, our healthy rhythm of remembrance, number one, is to let us all know that Jordans don't last always Jordans the Jordan River Jordans don't last always scripture shows us that they come to this Jordan and I've been in church world long enough to know that you are either entering into a Jordan in the middle of a Jordan or coming out of a Jordan can I get an amen Amen. but I'm here to let you know that Jordans don't last always and sometimes God lets things get to their darkest moment so that you know who it was that brought you out of your situation. And I'm here to to let you know, I want God, God wants us to have memorials in our lives. When's the last time you marked the moment to say what God has done for you? When's the last time you wrote that down? When's the last time you journaled about that? When's the last time you just stopped and said, God, I thank you for the little things. I picked up this practice because As all of us know, in in pandemic time, all these different things taking place, I found myself in the middle of a Jordan. It wasn't just the Jordan that, the last time you saw me, I was much skinnier, and and the pandemic has taught me the Maurice in the pantry on lockdown is not good. (laughs) That's not the Jordan I'm talking about, but that was a Jordan, people. I'm much heavier than I was the last time I was here. But I digress. We see that throughout all the things that's happening in our world, and let me let you know, we are in a cultural moment right now, are we not? But have we forgotten what God has done? Have we forgotten who God is? I think there's moments where we need to just stop and pause and return to an awe in God. To to really sit in awe and reverence to say, man, God's got me. I started to journal. I'm not a journaler. As you can see, sometimes I'm like an extroverted seven. I just move, move, move. And I've actually picked this up because I was listening to a sermon and I thought to myself, I need some hope. And I started to think to myself, how can I do this? How can I gain this? And I started to write down these two categories of how God is moving. the two categories I'm carrying is life and wife. And every single day, I try to write something down, and I, it is not every single day. You'll see how sporadic it is, but as much as possible, I try to write down these two categories, and I try to write something of gratefulness that I have. And this has become my stone, and I don't put myself up as on a pedestal. I learned in preaching class, uh, don't make yourself the hero. And listen, I'm not trying to be no hero. As you, you know, if you look at my life, you're going to be like, nah, he ain't no hero, man. <laughs> You're going to look at me and you're going to say, that's not the life of a pastor right there, Maurice. And I'm going to look at you like, your life ain't the life of a Christian either. We all need Jesus. (laughs) I'm not condoning nothing, but we all fall short of God's glory. Can I get an amen? But I say that because these two categories, I said, I'm gonna make it simple. I'm gonna just write a few words and a few sentences to say what God is doing. I just wanna have a moment of thankfulness because God is doing something in my life. And so I started writing June 2nd, 2021. June 2nd, 2021, 9 a.m. Life category. Today, I woke up at 6 a.m. this week so that I could work out. God, I thank you for the physical ability and mental capacity to overcome health issues and steward my temple well. Wife, For several weeks, Aisha has given me so much words of affirmation. I'm so thankful for my wife who sees my growth and encourages me to keep going. Uh, 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 June June 3rd, 830, excuse me, I forgot. June 3rd, 2021, life. I called my grandma today. I'm so thankful to have sweet moments of conversation over the phone with her. God, I'm thankful to hear my grandma's voice today. Wife category. Yesterday, Aisha flew out of town to Arizona to be with one of her best friends as she celebrates her graduation. It feels so good to see the smile on my wife's face as she gets to show up and support her friends. Sixth of 2021, June 6th, 2021 life. I am so close, closer than ever than I have been to ending my master's program that I'm in. I'm grateful this morning to have the means to pursue higher education. Wife, I'm at school for a week long, and I still have priorities back home. Aisha has stepped up in such a big way in ways that I've not even asked her. I'm so thankful that she gets to fill my cup and I get to fill hers. Moments where I can look back to last year, I don't even know what happened last year, and yet I stop and say, God, look what you've done. L- look what you were doing. Remember that question that I asked you, what were you doing in two th- uh, 20, uh, 2004? We can't even remember what we did last year. We can't even remember what God is doing last year. And I get to stop and I wake up in the morning. Once again, it's not every single day. And I get to just stop and say, God, what did you do? Because today I need hope. Today I don't feel you. Today it doesn't seem like this is a day where I feel like moving forward. It's this sort of just meh. You ever just been in a place of just meh? Like I can't even really explain my feelings. It's just meh. My wife is asking me, what's wrong with you, baby? I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, it's just something. Ugh. It's a gray cloud right now. And in these moments, I can just look back when I have nothing to write and I just read. It's my memorial. God, what are you doing? What did you do? Because at some point in my life, I had some hope. I had some gratefulness to see what you are doing. My question this morning is, where are your stones? When's the last time you had a memorial? When's the last time you marked the moment to say, God, I thank you see church in in a lot of ways we 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 can get people through some things but what happens when we get through the situation the children of israel god says stop right there grab that stone build a memorial and don't forget me when's the last time you built your memorial because we'll see that healthy uh rhythms of remembrance we are called to build memorials point number two that i'm going to make is it's not just about you it's about your legacy the scripture says when your children ask what are these stones what stones do your children see you building what memorials do your children see you creating what what, what sort of rhythms of your life do your children see you doing from experience i recognize in my own life my own walk with god that a a lot more is caught than taught because i used to watch my parents And I used to watch, I used to watch, I hear you, yeah, I hear you, but what are you doing? My mother would get up when nobody wanted to go to church. We weren't even saved at the time. Nobody wanted to go to church. And she just knew that this was sort of like a default to grab us and get us in church because we need God in our life. What are the rhythms that your legacy sees you building? This is important for us in this day and age. Point number three is remember that it's not just about you, but those that are around you. That was legacy that I was talking about, but what about the community piece? There's this story that I heard a pastor say one time, and he was talking about a particular uh, hospital that had a cancer unit. And this particular cancer unit, the people that, uh, that overcame cancer and they, they made it through that bout of cancer and they fought it back and forth and now they are cancer free. They're walking out of the hospital of being there for so long. Right at the end of the hospital, you can go on YouTube, you can see these videos, right at the very end is a bell. And they walk this long road and they got all the nurses and the doctors on the side as if it's kind of like a tunnel and they're walking down and they're smiling with a big smile on their face and they get all the way to the end and right before they leave, they take that bell and they ring it as loud as they can. And you can see the joy On their face you can see the excitement the cheers are happening and the doctors are cheering and the nurses are cheering and that person has that moment that I just beat this and I overcame it but they do this also because I believe there's other cancer patients nearby that's still in the middle of their fight and that when they hear the bell good God help almighty when they hear the bell It has them grab on a little bit of hope that if they can get through this, maybe I can too. Memorials aren't just for you. They're for people that are around you, that when they get to see God working in your life, it's not just for you. They get to have a little bit of hope of if he can do it for that person. If God can move and work a miracle in their life, maybe, just maybe, he can work a miracle in mine. You are somebody's hope this morning. Your memorial is somebody's hope that they're going to hold on to. Scripture tells us, may people see your good works and glorify God in heaven. When's the last time you testified about God? When's the last time you let somebody know and let them in on what God is doing in your life? Someone needs to hear how God has been faithful. Because we have an old school saying in the church that I grew up in is that if God did it before, hmm, he can do it again. If he did it for you, he can do it for me. If he's working for my neighbor, he's working in the neighborhood. Come on now, I'm getting black church right now. Amen. <laughs> we rhyme and we use different little slangs when we talk, when we preach. But your memorial isn't just for you. It's not just for your legacy. It's for those that are around you. And it's a bell that's being rung. And I believe that God is calling us to remember the former things. Remember what he used to do. Remember what happened. Remember that relationship that you thought you would never get out of. Remember the debt that you thought you would never get from underneath. Remember the parents that you grew up with and, and that you thought i would never get out of this narcissistic relationship i would never move on from this trauma remember what god did mark the moment because the moment is not just for you it's not just for your legacy but it's for those that are around you healthy rhythms of remembrance also brings us to point 4 to never forget your testimony Never forget your testimony. I know that it may seem like it's redundant, but I say that because I think sometimes we get a little bit of, um, and I don't say this in a, uh, in a, let me slow down here. I don't say this in a like, demeaning or a devaluing way or a dismissive um, or an insensitive way. That's the word I'm looking for. But in the simplest form of the word amnesia, we have a spiritual amnesia that I believe when it comes to simple definition of ability of forgetting what God has done in our life don't forget get your testimony scripture tells us and emphasizes the truth of what it means of who you were before Christ and here's the important thing don't sanitize your your, your story Don't 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 sanitize it. Don't don't try to make it clean and polished. And yeah, I had a few shortcomings. No, no, no. You was jacked up. Yeah. Scripture says you move from the kingdom of darkness. To the kingdom of light don't 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 try to make it uh, cute and cuddly don't give it pet names no 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 you you were stuck in sin you were struggling you, you were you were foul you, you were you were just uh, your, your own god and you was on your own throne and you've seen how messed up that could be when you just glorify yourself and you was full of greed and ambition and so was i and when we don't sanitize our testimony we are still close to realizing man I'm not who I want to be, but God, I'm not who I used to be. And that's by the grace of God. That's because of God's goodness and mercy and his power. That that, that we are far cry from who we once were. All throughout scripture, you see this emphasis of the writers of you who were once Gentiles, set apart from Christ. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. You hear the language of scripture, don't you? That it's not just, oh yeah, I was, you know, I had a little shortcomings here and there and God made some tweaks in my life. No, 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 it wasn't no tweaks. It was a full overhaul, a full new humanity. It wasn't no, I'm gonna make some upgrades to your car. No, 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 throw that car away. I'm gonna give you something else, a new life, a full life. And when we don't forget our testimony, And we actually remember who we used to be. Doesn't that sober us up just a little bit to to realize this couldn't happen by my own might, by my own doing healthy rhythms of remembrance. I believe causes us to realize that God has not forgotten about us and he will do everything to make sure that we don't forget about him. As I wrap up, I think to myself, Take my time? All right, take my time. All right, let me sit down. Let me go ahead and sit down a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Healthy rhythms of remembrance, it's not just for us, not just for our legacy, not just for those that are around us, not just a moment for us to remember our testimony, but it points us to the cross. It points us to the cross. Isn't this the very thing that Jesus at the Last Supper tells us to do? Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you can, do this in remembrance of me. I was reading scripture the other day and I love the Christology of Paul. The way he talks about Jesus, it's always a pointing back to the cross. It's always a pointing back to what Jesus has done. To to remind us, never forget that the death on the cross, that that work of God, that that miracle of God, the the way that he moved on the cross, it it centers us to say, yes, Jesus, it was you. And it's important for us to tell these things. This is why uh, as much as I'm not really a filler, like I'm not really an emotional person, like I don't really like to feel. I know that I told you I cried in the movie, but I'm not really an emotional person. Right. I'm not really one that's in tune with my emotions. And I know my counselor's trying to help me walk through it. And my wife wants me to be more emotional. Listen, I know I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm not really an emotional person. But I'll tell you one thing. Every single year when Good Friday comes around. I could cry right now when I stop and remember. The cross of Jesus and what he did for me when I wasn't even thinking about him. And we stop and we tell the truth of that story. Don't you ever sanitize the, tr- the, the story of Jesus. He died a cr- death that nobody could die. He lived a life that nobody could live. And there was a bloody death. The fact that you would do that for me. Because God has not forgotten about you. And he will do everything to remind you of your relationship with him. I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know what what story that you're carrying this morning. In particular, I'm coming in a little bit of heaviness this morning. This past week I got a text message. Actually, I'm going to read it for you. You all said y'all family, right? I didn't bring my phone up. Give me one second. I got my time. Okay. All right. Y'all y'all get me going to make me feel real comfortable in here. I got a text this week, and it reminded me just so much of why we need something so real. I don't, I don't like the phony messages. I don't like the pie-in-the-sky messages. I, may, may, I want a Jesus that can help me right now. I, I need a God that can make sure that what the things that I'm carrying in life, not, not just you can get me to heaven. Yeah, okay. But, but, but what happens down here on earth? Not just the vertical, but the horizontal. This week, I came across a Jordan. It says, I love you all. I really do. And I wish I could have been more and I wish I could have held on. But I've held on as long as I could. Life has gotten the best of me. Depression is real. Just please, I'm begging you all. Just please take care of my kids. Let them know and understand I tried. What's done is done. I'm ready. And it's my time. I'm sorry it had to be this way. That's, that's what I'm coming in with this morning. That That's the situation that I'm facing. That's the Jordan that I find myself at and just because I got a mic in my hand and certain credentials and seminary and all that other stuff that don't mean nothing when it comes to Jordans that we face. God, this is a text that I don't want to read. I don't want to believe it's true. This morning, it's important for us to have a healthy rhythm of remembrance. And not to sanitize what Jesus did on the cross because it was at its darkest. It was those mo- that moment that God allowed it to get so dark and so hopeless that it's in that moment that he works. I don't know who you are this morning, but even in your darkest moments, even in the depths of your darkest seasons, never forget that Jesus Christ died and for three days was in a grave and just when people thought he was starting to rot just when the disciples walked away and thought it was all over he rose from the grave he got up on that third day with all power in his hands with keys to hell to defeat death I don't know what it is this morning that is your label, that is your Jordan, that the thing is that you feel is so insurmountable, but can I let you know whatever label that you're carrying, whatever thing that you're facing, whatever family member is going through something, I want you to know that God is bigger. And He shows us on the cross and the resurrection of Him to show us that I have defeated death. And I don't know what your word is. I don't know if it's depression, I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if you want a child to come home that is strayed away from God. I don't know if it's infertility. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's facing. I don't know if it's division in your family that the pandemic has caused. I don't know if it's politics. I don't know what it is that you are carrying, but can I let you know that there is a name above every name? Amen, somebody. And if there's a word that I can give to this beloved family member in this moment, which I am, is that that word that you are carrying, that I'm too tired, the depression, the things that you are feeling. I'm not dismissing. I'm not going to say I'm insensitive to that at all. Man, we need to get some things going when it comes to mental health and the church and trauma and the things that's happening in our world. Yes, advocate for that. And I need to let you know, even in the midst of that, that Jesus is greater that Jesus is better, that Jesus has a way, that there is a peace that can only be found in Jesus. And there are some people that are sitting in this room that have experienced that peace. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Can I get an amen, somebody? Have you been there before? Have you seen the goodness of God? Have you seen how God has come through certain situations, how God is greater than your biggest mountain, your biggest obstacle, your biggest struggle? And yet when you thought there was no more hope left, you find yourself today sitting in a chair saying, God, I thank you. And if you did it before, you can do it again. The hope that you need this morning can only be found in Jesus. I'm a person who loves resources. I'm a geek and I read all sorts of different things, but I'm here to let you know that it's not a podcast that's going to get you through, a book that's going to get you through. It's Jesus. Amen, somebody. Yes, we have resources. Yes, we have things that point us in and aid us in our walk. But when God saw the things that's happening in our world, when God saw a long time ago the brokenness, the injustice, the struggles that's happening in our world, He did not send a podcast. He did not send a book. He did not send uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. He didn't send a streaming service. He didn't send Netflix. He didn't send Google. He didn't send none of that. He sent His Son, Jesus. And I'm refreshed this morning to preach. God's word that never never let us drift from that never let us drift from the answer it is Jesus the peace that we're looking for the hope that we're searching for it's found in Jesus and somebody needs to know that and that's your story that God uses the book of Revelation lets us know that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so this morning When I talk about a healthy rhythm of remembrance, those are the practical steps and the tools that I want to give all of us. As the band makes their way to the stage, band, come on up because I'm going to keep talking. Band, make your way to the stage. Come on, come on. As the band makes their way to the stage, I'm encouraging every single one of us to make sure that you have a memorial. Make, Make sure that you never move on and you don't have stones in your life. Where are your stones? Where's the thing that marks what God is doing? What's that for you? I don't know what that looks like for you. I need you to seek God on that. And as you seek God on that, those are going to be the things in our life that helps us sustain, that helps us keep moving. You may not have everything you want in life. God didn't promise that. You may not be exactly where you want to be in life. God didn't promise that. But this morning, for every single one of us, whether you've been a Christian for 30 years or maybe you're just trying this God thing out, trying to figure it out, God is our hope. Jesus Christ is our peace. That we can find life in him. And this morning, maybe you need to start a memorial. Maybe you need to start something in your life just as simple as the prayer, something as simple as I just want to figure it out maybe it's getting in the group maybe you're getting with a group of people and you're just going to sit and tell of goodness of jesus where i come from we used to have testimony services where all it was was just talking about what god did and it wasn't always grandiose things god works in big ways yes but he also works in i'm just so thankful that he woke me up this morning and gave me enough gas money to get to where i'm going I was sitting these, these testimonies and I would just hear older saints and I loved being around them because they would just say, I woke up this morning and I was able to get on the bus and make my way to church. And I just thank God for that. What's your memorial? What's your moment of remembrance? Because the hope that you need today is sometimes found in what God did yesterday. When you're reaching, trying to figure out where he is, who he is, Go back and look at the memorial that you made. Mark a moment today so that tomorrow you can look back and say, that's him. And the same God that did it then is with me today. Maybe you need that God. My invitation is not just for you to build a memorial or start a memorial today, but maybe you're going to go ahead and give your life to Jesus today. And say, I need to make that step again. Because I've been missing out. And this relationship with Jesus has seemed dry and stale. And I've been just going through the motions. But Maurice, brother, if you say that this relationship with God is what it really is, if you say that this is a real thing, that 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 yes it has its ups and downs and moments where it's mundane, but I can experience the goodness of Jesus, I'ma try it just one more time. Maybe that's you today. We're not going to do any standing. We're not going to do any hand raising. Right where you are, you know where you are. I'm going to pray for every single one of us. And it's going to be a simple prayer. That you remember and that you know that God has not forgotten about you. God has not overlooked you. God sees you. God hears you. So much so that he moved close to you even before you could take a step towards him. I was on the cross when he sent his son Jesus and now because of that he's closer than ever before this is the real hope that we need and that's going to be my prayer for us that the God who has not forgotten about you that God has not forgotten about you and will do everything in his power to make sure that he reminds you that you don't forget about him can I pray this morning would you bow your heads with me God, thank you so much for this moment, this, what scripture calls an Ebenezer, this memorial, this building of rocks to just say, and stones to to, to mark the moment to say, God, you've moved. And may we never forget. May we never let the cycles of life cause us to go in circles so much so that we miss out on you. That, That we miss out on how you are moving in our life. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for not forgetting, excuse me, forgetting about us when we have forgotten about you. Help us, Lord. Help us to remember and to never forget and to always build memorials because you have pursued us. And for that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed this morning? I didn't even talk about fifty-first dates, but I've talked about the Bible. Is that all right? Are we good with that this morning? Can we give God a praise for this morning? Mark this moment for how God has blessed us. Okay, amen. Can you stand to your feet? We can bless God this morning. Go ahead. You can keep going. God, thank you for this morning. Go ahead. Stand to your feet. Yeah, yeah you can stand to your feet. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you are doing in our life. And all of you in this room, would you just help me praise God for who he is and how he has not forgotten about us and reminds us every single day of that. Amen. Go ahead. Put our hands together.